Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Yep, yep, to the yep, yep. You already know what time it is, man. It's your girl, POC. Turn your radios up. Spread the word. Spread the message, man. Each and every Friday, I'm locked and loaded on your dials here on 900 AM WRD, 96.1 Word FM. Man, again, today is the last Friday of January. I am shocked that this this month is moving so fast. We're about to head into Black History Month, and I'm going to be the blackest of the blackest next month. So you definitely want to stay locked to Eco where We got a jam-packed month of environmental justice content and news and information coming up in the month of February. So you definitely don't want to miss this. Um, just for those who don't know, it is raining outside. It's a light drizzle. It's about 48 degrees outside. So definitely have your rain jackets, your rain boots, and your umbrellas because it's going to be a rainy Friday and also it's going to head into the afternoon. But we're going to have an actual good weekend. A little bit of sun is going to pop out tomorrow is saying. But check your weather app throughout the uh, weekend and make sure you stay on top of everything, man. But we're about to get into our second half of the show here on EcoWord. Don't forget, every Friday 10 to 11 a.m., we bring you that environmental justice that's for you and about you. And we talk in Southwest Philadelphia, man. Southwest, we bring us some sunshine to you this weekend with the Black Farmers Educational Forum that's going down in Southwest um, Saturday, January 27th, man. I'm excited. I got two members of the Black Farmers, uh, who's representing, I should say, the Black Farmers today, Levi Joyners and Stephen Hughes. Good morning. How you feeling? Doing well, Tamara. Well- Nice to, nice to speak with both of you. You know, um, when it comes down to what the Black farmers have going on, I'm excited about the fact that you're bringing education to the Southwest Philadelphia, first and foremost. Um, but when, it talk, when we talk about the Black farmers, can one of you break down what the Black farmers is, what you all do, and how you all came about? I'll let Levi bring you up to speed on that. Uh, the Black Farmers Co-op was, was brought together by uh, African, American, and Caribbean, and various Black people. Um, of the diaspora to help further agricultural education and entrepreneurship and education among the people. Um, so it goes back to, I remember some of that uh, some joining in years ago, about 12, 13 years ago, actually, a little bit longer uh, than that. Um, and uh, so that's that's my, my background and connection to that, uh, the Black Farmers Co-op. Uh, recently, I've joined to be a representative of uh, the black farming and growing community and to help further education in our schools along with urban agricultural projects. So that's my history and that's my connection um, to the Black Farmers Co-op. What about you, Mr. Hughes? Well, the other side of the coin that goes along with that is that um, black farmers obviously have been a part of this country for, for, for forever. Um, if it weren't for us, probably a lot of the agriculture in this country would not have ever gotten off the ground. Agreed. But um, the point being, a lot of our farmers don't realize that they have a vital role in what goes on from this point forward in providing food and food security and food safety for everyone else. And so we're looking at, with this cooperative, both two things. One, the opportunity, well, three things. One, the opportunity, as as Levi said, to educate people on what the possibilities are. Secondly, to provide some economic and to provide an economic engine within which farmers now have a marketplace to be able to to push their product so that they can stay in business. 
And thirdly, to try and get and get the message out to people that, look, there is good quality food that can be raised right here in Philly and doesn't have to be brought in from other countries and other places if we do the right things. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this, Ray. We're talking 2024. People have Google's at the Google at the palm of their fingertips. They have all of these devices where they can find all of this information out themselves. Why do you feel like the Black Farmers is taking that next step to bring forth a community conversation involving an educational forum around these topics? Like, why are you all still doing this when people can just get the information at the palm of their fingertips? Because people are very hands-on and direct. I like and- that. And when you want to see change, you got to get direct still. Um, Remember, cyberspace is full of information and data and people, and you can find what you want. But there's still questions that people have, basic hands-on things. So that's one way, you know, speeding up that by being straight and direct and bringing it to the young people, bringing it to the families. Um, And number two, we're inside of a... An emergency right now. This is we're in food scarcity. America does not have food for its own population. Okay, and so we have to get our children and our community on board in this transition to be self-sufficient. In fact, we're behind. So we have to get direct boots on the ground and moving to make sure that these schools are teaching those types of skills, those STEAM skills, to build a, a new America to build a, 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 a civilization or nation or a prosperous place anywhere. So that's why we are so direct. <laughs> uh, if you want, if, for me, that's why we're so direct. I, I like it. I like it. Mr. Hughes, I'm going to give you a chance to and answer. We're, and we're also direct from the standpoint of this. Um, you brought up the point of that everybody has Google, um, cable, whatever it is at their hands. It doesn't mean that the information is correct. It well, does not mean that even though you tell me how to change the the tire on my car, I actually experience how to do it, so I don't really <laughs> know how to do it. And the third thing is, you only see what people give you. And therefore, I mean, I work over here at Cheney University. I see the freshmen come you? every year. And every year they come in with a set of, I want to major in this. If you look at what they want to major in, it's only what the media has given them. They don't understand there are a lot of other opportunities out here for you. And a lot of these opportunities are the type of opportunities that not only give you your own economic engine to work from, but it also helps to provide for your community um, and provide for a way that you have food security. And food security is a tremendous issue right now. COVID did a tremendous job of exposing all the flaws in our supply chain. Mm-hmm. And we haven't fixed them. They're still there. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you to this, right? Because people try to, um, some people, I will say, try to separate the conversation between climate change and environmental justice, right? And when we talk about farmers, uh, you have to get out there. You got to get outside in the dirt to get out there and plant that those seeds in order for the food to grow. So when we think about sustainability, do you think that there is sustainability in a city like Philadelphia with climate change happening? But at the same time, we're dealing with so many environmental justice issues with you know, vacancies, food disparities, uh, when it comes down to even having the rich soil to plant these seeds and to get the food that we need to be produced. What's your thoughts on that as farmers? There are a lot of different opportunities to, to work in this area. Yes, we can do a lot more within the confines of the city of Philadelphia. 
um, or within the immediate suburbs thereof. And the thing is, what we've learned and what is available to you and what things like the Black Farmers Co-op can help you with is that, yeah, maybe the soil outside your front door is not the best in the world, but we can teach you how to enhance it. We can teach you that there are other ways of growing other than using the soil. Um, so okay. you know, a lot of other options there. But once again, as we said, you've got to know about it. And Levi, what about your thoughts? Urban agriculture is the is is not only the wave, it's the survival of America. It's the survival of almost every country in the world. The farther your food comes from you, the more you're at risk. If you're depending on somebody 3,000 miles away, 4,000 miles away for basic greens and basic vegetables, you're in trouble. Um, the cities are primed for that because you have the largest populations. 80% of the world population lives in cities. Hmm. Let me say this one more time. 80% <laughs> of the world's population lives in an urban environment. And urban environments don't produce unless you begin to make your environment produce. So urban agriculture is actually fulfilling the energy gap, the food security gap, and is also producing employment and better education. Mm -hmm. You know, the people should be able to survive in their own environment and not be dumbfounded on how they're going to, how that's going to happen. I agree. We're about to go to a quick commercial break. Right after this quick commercial break, we'll be we'll hear more from Levi and Stephen talking about uh, these educational forum that's actually happening tomorrow, Saturday, January 27th in Southwest Philadelphia. So if you are someone who's interested in learning more about the Black Farmers Co-op or just want more education around it, tomorrow is the day. So stay locked to the, stay locked to what we got going on here at WRD so you can hear more information right after this commercial break. Man, it's your girl POC. Keep your radios locked. Yep, yep, to the yep, yep. You already know what time it is, man. It's your girl, POC. Turn your radios up, spread the word, spread the message. It's about 42 minutes past the top of the hour. So we got a good 15 minutes left in Eco Word. Don't forget, tell a friend to tell a friend each and every Friday, starting at 10 a.m., bringing forth that greener, safer Philadelphia with that environmental justice conversation that's for you and about you. And you already know, I want you to be a part of that conversation. Make sure you give us a call, 215-634-8065, toll free, 1-866-361. 0900. And if you want to see my face and my guest's beautiful face, well, in this case, I got two beautiful men on the phone with me, on the line with me right now. You can see it's live on Facebook. So definitely check us out. Drop your comments, questions, and concerns. We will read them aloud. But right now we're joined by the Black Farmers Co-op. And we have two representatives with us, Levi Joyners and Stephen Hughes, talking about the educational forum that's taking place tomorrow in Southwest Philadelphia. So uh, Mr. Hughes, talk to us a little bit about, about this educational forum. What's it all about? And why did you decide to bring this to Southwest? Well, we're working with a number of the schools um, in, in Philadelphia, and we're trying to do at least one event each month where we're bringing um, educational opportunities, uh, but also providing opportunities to buy produce and to have a spot for vendors to be able to sell their products along with that. So um, tomorrow we'll be there from 11 to 3 at um, the Southwest um, Leadership Academy Charter School at 7101 Pascal Avenue um, there in Philly. So, you know, and there'll be vendors, there'll be there'll be some people doing some talks and, and there'll be a wonderful opportunity to be out for 
And the most important thing, I think, is it gives the people a chance to talk to some of the experts that'll be there, such as Levi. No doubt. And Levi, you know, uh, that, that was a compliment coming from Mr. Hughes, you know, calling him an expert. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Dr. Hughes. Um, tomorrow's going to be a beautiful event, and here's why it's going to be a beautiful event. Number one, the children, the people, will get a chance to interact with what they learn about. So anything that we talk about tomorrow is going to be hands-on learning, and they'll be able to take these skills home and even take some of the experiments home with them. Um, what we specialize in, particularly in urban agriculture, not only in farming, uh, which, by the way, I'm the lead farmer for Mill Creek Farm here in West Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia at 49th and Brown. So come check us out. That's Mill Creek Farm. Right. Um, uh, but part of it is the techniques of growing with water. So we're talking about hydroponics, aquaponics, even aeroponics for that matter. I feel like I hear water in the background right now, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to show it. We're going to show it to the people. Um, but what we do is we, we specialize in aquaculture. That's growing and producing plants through water and fish um, that can be used for entertainment, for decoration, um, and also for food. We, we also help to make the plants grow. So the children will get a chance to learn how to use water as a means to growing food, especially in areas of the world where you, your land. Uh, scarcity may be improved through water and aquaculture. Mm-hmm. So will you be teaching them how to test this water as well? Because a lot of people are, you know, uh, they have these conspiracies that the water is contaminated, you know, and the water is not safe to drink, especially if it's coming directly out of the Delaware or the Scoople. You learn, well, in aquaculture, and, and Dr. Hughes will go deeper into this, you learn that when you're dealing, with, especially when you're dealing with fish and plants, to test the water, to be able to pure, you know, pure, take the water for purification, and also to use the water again uh, for fertilization of soil. So that will also that's also mentioned in learning. They'll just be learning for, for me, with me. They'll be learning how to use water to make plants grow. Period. And then we'll go into all those details while we're there. No doubt. And let me ask you these, this question for the both of you, you know, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit about climate change, right? So when it comes down to educating the next generation of people who are excited about what you both are excited about, um, and that's, that's, that's a greener planet, you know, and then that's mm-hmm. also being able to, to really pro, uh, produce our own food, right? That, I think that's the excitement around it all. So when you think about talking to the next generation, are they excited about this stuff? Or do you feel like they're just into it because their parents put them in this program, but do they talk about wanting to learn more about it? I know, um, Dr. Hughes, you mentioned, you know, people coming into Cheney University and wanting to, to, to pretty much, uh, major in the things that they see right in front of them, but not necessarily digging a little deeper. Um, so would you say the next generation is excited about learning this type of information? I think they're very excited about it once they know that they can do it. The okay. biggest thing that I see with a lot of the kids is that you know, it isn't that they're not excited about the environment or that they don't like the environment. They just don't know about it. It's not taught in their schools. It's not an opportunity that they have to go out and spend time with it. So the more that we can do those kind of things through programs, such as what we're doing at, um, at, at, at Southwest Leadership Academy or other things where you start to see that, wait a minute, this isn't just something that 
oh, I go out, you know, you see somebody in a pair of bibbed overalls with a straw hat <laughs> and riding a tractor. This is something I can do and still live in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden now that becomes something that and, and make a living at it, not to mention eat the product. Hey, I've now got something that I've got a bunch of really good points, but no one ever told me that. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask this question too, specifically to both of you all, um, because you all consider yourselves to be farmers, right? And <laughs> why you left, Dr. Hughes? Um, it, it is because I, I mean, I've been in fish farming for over 40 years and a lot of people don't consider working with fish being farming. But, <laughs> that's why I, that's why I laughed when you said that. But that's OK. I, OK. And, but my question I wanted to ask specifically to the both of you is, you know, one thing that I listen to as I interview a lot of different people about environmental justice, specifically talking to black and brown folks, we put that title on it. Right. I'm a black farmer. I'm an urban you know, urban agricultural person. Why do you feel like we have to put a title on it to specify who we are in this field of like environmental justice, climate change, fighting for that greener space in this America you were talking about, Levi? Oh, well, it's because of who, it's, it's the struggle of who you are. Number one, um, you're talking about a people who were taken from their homes, kidnapped and utilized, brought here and utilized for their agricultural knowledge. Everybody in this country and everybody around the world is eating because of African rice. Hmm. So agriculture is your birthright. But here's what comes with it. Land disparity, rape, war, and crime. So a group of people who have migrated from agricultural backgrounds and agricultural places, right? Now you're in a city and you're even fighting for the right to use land in the own property to keep property and to use the land and space around you. The environment is supposed to keep the people alive, mm-hmm. right? But black people in the urban settings, black and brown folks have to fight to keep their, to make their environment work for them in a positive way. You see? So we have a whole different experience when it comes to land in this country. That That's why I think we really put a slant on it. And also, uh, the, the land disparity is kept alive through the lack of education. Okay. It's kept alive through our lack of involvement. You see? So it's, it's a big, it, we, it has to be a slant on it. We're fighting through a worse condition than anybody. Absolutely correct. Everything he said, and then you add on top of that, just the simple fact that, you know, we, we've given up the the process of thinking about our food and and our land as being a real of having real value um one of the things that distresses me more than anything else is when i've gone out and done programs with different groups of younger individuals and you have people who can't put a connection between a hamburger and a cow (laughs) lost that nate that nature that man nature connection and so we don't understand that, well, I need nature to survive. Mm-hmm. You think that all I need to do is I just need to run to the store and I get everything. Um, it doesn't work out that way. We end up putting yourself, you end up losing control of yourself and you end up losing control of your of your environment. So you need to be able to look at things and be able to understand. You may not grow everything you eat, but at least understand what it took to grow it and where it came from. 
so that you can start to support people and support projects that are really doing things in your best interest, not just in the in best interest of um, some mega corporation that's making a billion dollars a day. That's real. Dr. Hughes, are you telling me hamburgers don't come from turkeys? Turkey burgers? <laughs> that's because they're turkey burgers, not hamburgers anymore. But, no, I'm just joking. But, but no, I mean, you know, I love it. it's funny because the kids get confused. It's like, hamburger, doesn't it come from a pig? Doesn't it come from a pig? <laughs> little things like that you don't you know you don't understand history of history of food and where it comes from and why it's called what it's called no and doubt oh so, you know these are the things you do and you know we laugh about it but it's really a very big issue and it goes mm -hmm. back to your whole your whole thrust of environmental justice part of environmental justice is under is having the right to understand your environment no doubt. And I agree. I agree with you both. And thank you for answering that last question um, with full transparency, just so we can understand, because like, why do we always got to put black on it? Why do we got to put urban on it? You know, but I appreciate you for um, breaking that down for us. And my last question before I let you gentlemen go is simply, you know, you talked about getting these schools together to bring forth this form. How would you say getting the schools together? Was it uh, was it something that was easy? Was it a task? Was it something that the black farmers had to really do as far as fighting to get these schools to be on the same page? Like, how did that come together as far as creating this educational form that's again going down Saturday, January 27th. I think it starts at 1 p.m., correct? Yeah. Starts at right. 1 p.m. Um, at Southwest yeah, Leadership Academy. Yes. 11 to 3, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll read it again for you. So it's Southwest Leadership Academy at 7101 Pascal Avenue, January 27th from 11 to 3. Um, to answer that, I'll read it again. Before and it's I... free and it's very yeah. free for the people who need to know if you got to spend money, you don't got to spend no money to come educate yourself. And then also to get some more insight of what it means to be a black farmer. It is free. Ninety nine. Yes. Um, so it was it was it's it was a, <laughs> it was hard at the same time. It was it was um, it was rewarding. It was a lot of work put in and it revealed a lot. Okay. Uh, our children are in need of not only science education, but they need cultural infused, African-centered cultural science education. And the reason why I'm so, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. And the reason why I'm saying it is because it's one thing to learn something scientifically, but it's another thing to learn it through your own eyes. It's another thing to also see that your ancestors Play not only a major part, but the central part in all of this happening as far as the, the great inventions as well as the designs that make this whole world run, you know? So when you have that going on, it's not just another science class. It's not just another STEAM class or math class. It's a class where you not only learn about a principle of how to use it, but you get the chance to see yourself in it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things uh, black children seeing themselves in the fields of science, mathematics, engineering, you know, in those areas, we don't see ourselves. We don't see ourselves like we don't see ourselves in agriculture. So please come out and not just, you know, for African-American children or Latino children, but for all children, come out because, again, it gets hands on and you can have fun, you know, for all families, people, period. I love that. And, and in addition to that, 
you know, it becomes a pipeline. Okay. We start with some of the younger kids and they get to see this, they get to experience it. And then you, you know, if you can do that, you can continue that through high school or through someplace like Cheney. Um, you know, and you? I, I, there you go. Um, <laughs> I'm a modder, but anyway, yeah, so. and you can, and it becomes a profession and it allows you to become that next set of voices to, to bring along more people into these things. We keep, as, as Levi said, we keep forgetting our history. We keep, you know, we, we, every now and then they'll take you back to George Washington Carver. But <laughs> like I said, I work in aquaculture, which is, you know, basically the culture of fish. This is something that had, that was being done in the Nile River Delta 3,000, 4,000 years ago. They were the ones who started a lot of this. So that's back to being African history, African-American history. So let's get back to doing what we do and what we have found. And let's start looking at continuing it forward. No doubt. Um, how can people find more information about the Black Farmers, the, the social media website, all that good stuff before I let you all go? Um, there is a website. Oh, geez. Um, well, I'll tell you what. The best thing they can do is if they want to call, I actually have the website. The website is blackfarmersproduce.org. Yep, you have that. And if they need it, you know, there are actually some vendor sites still available for tomorrow if you wanted to come and sell a product or something. And if they wanted to do that, they need to talk to contact uh, Dr. Carol Simmons. And her phone number is 215-760-1857. And, you know, they can make those arrangements through her. Um, but, you know, it's something that we can keep doing. We want to keep doing. And if you keep looking at the websites and things, you'll find ways to contact us. And no we're ready. We're ready and willing to educate. I love that, man. And, and that's what it's all about. Every time we get on these airways at WRD, it's to educate and re-educate our listening audience on that good environmental justice news that's for them and about them to make sure we bring forth a greener, safer Philadelphia, man. That wraps up my time here on WRD. I'll be back next Friday. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.